0: Good morning, friends. This is Karen Pennington here. And as Mother's Day approaches, of all things I could be thinking about, I'm thinking about cars today, (laughs) particularly used cars. Uh, There's a reason I'll tell you in a second. But I'm thinking about when I was a kid. I used to see these car commercials. There was one particular car dealership in town that's like, bring in anything. We'll trade in anything. And at one one of the commercials, a guy brought in a horse and said, will you take a horse? And yeah, we'll take anything for a trade-in. Well, in my little uh, young child mind, what I thought that meant is you could give them anything and you would get an entire car as an exchange. I didn't realize what a trade-in was, was... They might give you $5 credit. They might give you a $1,000 credit. A lot of times it was only about a $1,000 credit. They might give you, yeah, they wouldn't give you very much credit. Basically, it was a reason to give you a discount on the car. But I was always like, man, I could bring in my Barbie doll and get a new car. I have, I have 12 cents in the bank. Well, not in the bank. I have 12 cents in my piggy bank. I can bring it in. And I was always like, Kicking myself because I was not really kicking myself, but, you know, mentally kicking myself because I was like, oh, I missed the boat here. Why doesn't everybody go in and buy a car for uh, 25 cents if they'll take anything, you know? And of course, that wasn't the case. <laughs> I was overvaluing what I could give to this car lot or at least what they the value they would place and what I would give them. And a few years later, I did the exact opposite we had this car. It was a good car. We got it brand new. We had it for about nine, nine and a half years. And we almost had to do no work on it. It really was a good car. It was an economy car. So it was very small, very limited, not a lot of extra features on it. Um, didn't have automatic locks or anything like that, but it, boy, did it run run well. The only thing we really ever had to do was replace the battery and the alternator. And I think the brakes, and that was it, that was it. And, um, right towards the end, we had these transmission problems. So honestly, for a month or two, we couldn't go backwards in the car. I would have to go on a hill and put it in neutral and back it up. And we didn't have a lot of money. So we had to wait till we could get another vehicle. And, um, we ended up, I'm like, well, this car's not running right. So we just sold it to the junkyard for like $350. Well, it turns out, At this particular point in time, all this car needed was a new transmission. It might have cost about $300, $400 to fix it, and the entire car would have been fine. So, in the meanwhile, we got another little car we'd call a Hoopty, you know, something that didn't work that well that had all kinds of issues with it. It wasn't, for the age, it wasn't that bad, but it was because it was so old, we were constantly doing things to it. far more in the first even month or two than it would have taken to fix this old car and we cast it aside for 350 dollars when we could have just paid 350 dollars and fixed it see we undervalued we undervalued the trade-in value of what this car would be and so we junked it instead of fixing it or instead of trading up for something better And that makes me think of God. (laughs) Because, see, we bring things to God. And God wants everything that we have. And sometimes we think, well, that's not enough. And we we undervalue how God sees what we have to bring him. Because we go, it's it's just junk. Um, Sometimes we overvalue it, like I did with those trades. And sometimes we go, okay, I'll give you all my everything that I have to give and how lucky you are God, because I'm so talented and I'm so gifted and that's, that's wrong. That's, that's idolatrizing yourself. But then sometimes we go, All I have his rags. I'm a mess. And God wants that. God wants our rags because they're us and he wants to give us something better. Um, and I want to talk about a great example of, both sides, how God values our least and God wants our best. And that was in the person of Hannah. See, Hannah didn't feel like she had much. She did have a loving husband. This was back in Old Testament times. We're talking about 1 Samuel 1 and and 2 here. And her husband loved her. It says her husband loved her. But back in those days, a person would have more than one wife. And his other wife, Penina, had many children but he loved Hannah and Hannah had no children so this was a he was a good man his name was Elkanah or Elkanah and he would go up at that time there was no temple yet David hadn't built it so they would go to the place that was established for worship in a place called Shiloh and he would pray, he would offer sacrifices, and he was trying to do what God had asked them to do. Not a whole lot of people in those days were, but he was. And so he would do the sacrifices once a year. And when you made a sacrifice, you could eat some of the meat, depending on the kind of sacrifice it was. So he would eat some of the meat and he would give it to all his kids, but he would give Hannah even more. But um, so Panina, this other wife, saw Hannah as a rival, and she just kind of went for the jugular. She bugged her and bugged her every year. Every year, my guess is partly because Penina had what Hannah wanted, which was children. Partly because Hannah had what Penina wanted, which was the love of that husband. And it says here, um, and this is one six, first Samuel one six, because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year after year that last two after years were added by me. When Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her, till she wept and would not eat. And her husband would say, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten souls? So, there are these times when we're so in anguish that we do anything but weep. Can't do anything but cry out to the Lord. To the Lord. I remember a time in my life where that's all I could do. I lost pretty much. It felt like everything, and I would just scream and cry. I tried to wait till my daughter went to school, <laughs> and our neighbor's deaf dog could hear me. <laughs> I was bothering our neighbor's what we was supposed to be deaf dog because I was so loud. And then there are these times where we're in so in anguish. Where we have you ever just been so sorrowed that you run out of tears? So Hannah was there. It said, verse 10, In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly, but she kept on praying. And at this point, the high priest, Eli, he got, got her attention. But here's what it said, verse 13, Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. So, she had been crying so much, she ran out of tears. And so I was like, I don't know if you've ever seen anybody. I used to live in Long Beach, California, and I used to walk to work um, along Long Beach Boulevard. And you would see those people um, still, you know, God's children, but they had some addiction issues. And you would just kind of see them. It looked like they were talking to themselves, kind of rocking back and forth, bothered. Usually their lips were moving. You didn't always hear what they were saying. They were kind of mumbling. And there were usually, there was some mental illness or they were high or they were drunk. And that is what this high priest saw when they saw Hannah. They saw, this is a person who's kind of rocking back and forth, shaking in anguish, not talking. I don't know what she's saying, but she's obviously speaking gibberish because her lips are moving weird. And so he went up and called her on it. He said, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. That's verse 14. Um, Of course, she wasn't drunk anything she was drunk on sorrow and um, just no 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 I'm just not so not so I'm deeply deeply troubled so you see when they went to offer their sacrifices to the Lord at that point all Hannah had to give was sorrow all Hannah had to give was brokenness She gave it. And um, she anointed those steps with her tears. She wailed out to the Lord till there was no no more to wail. She anointed the altar. I don't know if there were steps. She anointed the altar with her tears till there were no more tears. And God took it. And Eli said, Go in peace and may the God of Israel grant you what you asked of him. That's verse 17. So he pretty quickly dismissed her. He pretty quickly blessed her. And it said, And the Lord remembered her. The Lord remembered her tears. So, Psalm thirty nineteen, You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. When all we have to offer God is our wailing, in our tears, and our mourning. God still wants that. God still takes that. So guess what? In the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son, and she named him Samuel, because, she said, I asked the Lord for him. Samuel means the Lord has heard me, or God listens. Um, And by the Lord has heard me, the Lord's going to give me what I ask of him. So... Here's the thing, she had promised, she made a promise to God. She said, God, if you give me a son, I'll give him back to you. So sometime later, she couldn't even go up for the sacrifice because she was at home with a small child, but she said, I'm gonna go back myself. So sometime later, she went back to that place at Shiloh of worship with her son she had, done, she had nursed him at home until he was weaned from her. And she went back to give back her everything. When all she had to give was tears. And things she wanted to get rid of, God took it. And then she returned to give everything she had to give, which was everything she wanted her son. She gave him back to God. Now, I don't know about you. I do have an only child and I would be, I would have a very, very hard time just giving her away, even to God. Cause we, she was wanted, you know, but Hannah gave him way, gave away this child, Samuel and She was happy about it. She gave him away and the very next thing she said was, my heart rejoices in the Lord. She started praying this prayer of praise about how great God was and how she rejoiced in God. And she gave with a grateful heart. She gave with a grateful heart. How? How can you give the thing you love most with a grateful heart? How can you give the thing you love most with joy? Well, I have some thoughts. First of all, God didn't just give Hannah a son. God gave Hannah hope. Hannah felt that she was abandoned by God. Um, in those days, if you were barren, the thought was, what have you done to offend God? And God showed his favor. Not just any favor, favor through the high priest, through the blessings of the high priest. And then, <laughs> this other thing, when she gave she gave her son back to the Lord. The high priest said, May God bless your womb again. So she's probably thinking, Hey, it happened once, it happened again. And it did. Uh, it's said there, and I'm going to read this again, 1 Samuel 2, 18-21. Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy wearing a linen ephod. Each year his mother made him a little robe and took it to him when she went up with her husband to offer the annual sacrifice. Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife saying, may the Lord give you children by this woman to take the place of the one she prayed for and gave to the Lord. <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay, he blessed me once at work. Let's see. Um, They'll go home. And the Lord was gracious to Hannah. She gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Three more sons, two more daughters from zero to six. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. So when all Hannah had to give was her misery, she gave it. And God took it, and God blessed it. And he made good on that promise. Psalm 37, 4, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. God made good on the promise and gave her a son. Then she went back, this time with joy, and gave her prized beloved son to the Lord and God took it her most valued possession he didn't tell her hold on to it you'll need it God took it and he blessed it and he gave her more she took delight in the Lord and he gave her the desires of her heart she gave up the desire of her heart for the Lord and he gave her more Whenever we give God everything, we always get more back, hands down. And not only did Hannah get more, that whole nation of Israel got more. They were really wavering through this period called judges because the judges weren't so great. Honestly, the priests weren't so great. Um, You might have one or two good ones here or there, and they'd have a little bit of peace, and then they'd mess up again because they didn't have the structure. And Quite frankly, they just weren't looking to God as their king. And through Samuel, Samuel ushered in the period of kings. First Saul, who started okay, then wasn't so great. Then King David. Samuel was the one who discovered this tiny little shepherd boy whose father forgot even he was one of his sons and anointed him as king. And Samuel was like a spiritual father to this David. And Samuel nurtured him and Samuel blessed him. And Samuel gave him wisdom because he had grown up in the presence of God. Samuel himself had grown up in the presence of God. And through that legacy came the seed of David, which was Christ himself, who was the savior of the world. Talk about a return on your investment. I'm not even sure, you know, with Hannah, if she f- tried to figure out the value of what she was bringing, whether it was good enough or too good, too good to hold on to, you know. She, when she brought her tears, she didn't think, I'm sure she didn't think, wow, God doesn't want these. She just brought them. When she brought her son, I don't know. Maybe she said, no, this is too valuable. I have to hang on to him. But she brought him. And she worshipped and praised God that she was able to bring this gift. Because of God. She just kept this, this song of Hannah. She kept going back to who God was. See, friends, I can't promise you that if you weep, God will give you exactly what you want right now. I can't say if your child childless and you want a child, okay, God will bring it to you. I can't say that if you're poor and you want to be rich, okay, you'll have riches. I can tell you with words that Hannah didn't have, but she just seemed to instinctively know that when we delight ourselves in the Lord, the Lord will give us the desire of our heart. He may not give us what we want in hell, but he'll teach us how to want the right things. He may not give you your own child. He may have you adopt. He may give you other children to love and to nurture. He may not give you riches in money, but he might give you riches in friendship and in faith. He'll give you the eyes to see what it is you really need and cause you to rejoice when that is what you receive. And then when you keep giving... He will keep giving back, just as with Hannah. You see, just as with Hannah, no gift you give is too miserable, too small, too wretched, that God won't value it more than you could ever know. It's an upgrade. See, I couldn't bring my Barbie doll or my 15 cents or my 16 cents to that car dealership and get something of value. But you bring what you have to God... And that is a direct trade-in for something so much more valuable than you could ever do on your own. Or if you have something you're holding on to because you think it's valuable or because you think you need it, just give it to God. And if you really need it, God will give you back more. It's a lesson I'm still learning. Sometimes I want to hold on to parts of my day that I'm not supposed to. Sometimes there's something I want to keep but I know I should give away. Sometimes there's money in the bank and people who need it and I know, not that I have to give all money to all people but I know God's calling me, give that to that person because I'm telling you to. And sometimes there are these deep, dark corners of shame in my life that I just don't want to open up. As if God would reject me over it. As if God doesn't know already. Friends, whatever you have today We have this mother who is this great example of being a daughter of God and giving everything to God. And because of that, her son Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Whatever you're holding back from God today, it's not worth holding back. There's no investment too small or too great. Just give everything to God and you'll get God's everything back. That's the best trading I could think of. Lord Jesus, thank you. We cannot give you. Lord Jesus, thank you that there is nothing too small. There is no dark, dim corner of our life that you don't want to just overtake. Not because you want to take from us, but because you want to recycle it and change it and renew our lives, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, I ask that you open our heart, my heart, my mind. Show me today if there's anything that I'm holding back from you. Help us to learn from that example of Hannah to give you our all, all of our bad, all of our good, and to rejoice because you're Lord Jesus. And we look forward to seeing what you can do with it because it's certainly more than we can. In your most holy name, amen. Be blessed. Enjoy your families this weekend. God bless, my friends.